It's time again for the TCU Food Bank's Taking Care of You podcast. I'm your host, Spud McConnell, and we're going to talk about how you can help feed the hungry and the homeless down in South Louisiana. So let's chew the fat, huh? Now make la vie, as the Cajuns say on the TCU Food Bank's Taking Care of You podcast. All right, we're back here. Another podcast, number two in the series, talking to Earl Hughes, who is the EOC Director, Emergency Operations this is a nice building, by the way, that you're in. This, this is a Category 5 building to withstand whatever happens to make sure that your team can function before, during, and after a, a storm. That's correct? It's a, it's a That is five. correct. It is a Cat 5 building. Um, it was constructed about four years ago. Uh, and also to complement this building, we have a Cat 5 safe room. Uh, adjacent to this building to house uh, uh, first responders and uh, parish government workers uh, so that they can immediately respond after the storm. Well, also here. I mean, so. you can't sit here, you know, 48 straight hours without catching a snooze. So you've got 50-something people in here manning this place. I mean, is there two people for each chair so that y'all can do it in shifts or you just got to sit there and drink a lot of coffee? No, that is correct. Uh, so we, we operate through the National Incident Command System and through that National Incident Command System uh, there are, are what we call emergency support managers. Uh, in, in the federal guidance there are 17 ESF managers uh, but here in Terrebonne Parish we have 19 because uh, we've added a couple more because of a couple other agencies that we asked to come in here. But each emergency support function manager has to have a replacement every 12 hours here in mm -hmm. this facility. Uh, that's what we shoot for. Uh, we try not to, uh, we, we try to make everybody work a 12 hour shift. Uh, I find that uh, after 12 hours, uh, they lose some efficiency and uh, I would lose it after about four. And uh, <laughs> it, they, they, you know, they, they, they start getting, I say, grumpy uh, after 12 hours. It's very stressful oh, yeah. to work in here um, during an emergency, especially like a hurricane. So, you know, we ask these guys and girls and gals to come in here to, to facilitate our recovery. But what you have to remember is their family has been evacuated. Their homes are damaged. Mm -hmm. uh, their families' homes are damaged. Oh, believe me, I, I was on WWL radio during Katrina. I was on the air talking to a guy, and I said, where do you live at? And he said, yeah, my house is flooding. I live on Bath Street. And I said, you live between the tracks and airline? Yeah, I live between the tracks and airline. He goes, guess what, pal? Your house is flooding. I went, oh, man, got to go to commercial. It, yeah, it, 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 you, it's hard to focus on that right. kind of stuff. Um, you know, and we all rely on each other in this room to help each other out, to get us through those hard times. And uh, one of the things that I like to do when we're activated is we put up post-it notes. And I tell people to please write down something that if somebody helped you today, mm -hmm. just put on there, thanks to so-and-so. You don't have to put, you know. You don't have to go into detail. Go into detail, just say thank you. Or, or if, you, uh, if you saw something that happened today that made you smile, go put it on the list up there. And as we walk through that hallway, we start seeing things where people are helping other people. And, and it kind of just brings up the morale in here. Uh, because it can, you know, and we try to have a little fun. I, when I say fun, we yeah. try to, you know, just, just, you know, between our reports and everything, and we, we try to laugh and, and, and make it a little more comfortable in here uh, so that we all can kind of get through the situation because it is stressful for well, all Well, that's of us. what a lot of people don't understand is that, 
you people sometimes laugh at inappropriate moments, but that is just a human way of dealing with stress. I mean, it's not so much you find the situation morbidly funny. It's yeah. just that you, it just jumps out of you. And I would imagine after, you know, 12, two, three, 12 hour shifts in a row over here, what do you do? Do you do like noon to noon to noon or something? No, we, we, they pretty much can work their own shifts if they have to, but what we, most people work a six to six shift. Okay. So six in the morning or six in the evening. And, and then somebody comes on at six in the evening and it works at six in the morning. Uh, and then we have, uh, you know, we, we, when we have long activations, uh, we have catering for the, the people that work in here uh, so they can get a meal, you know, three days, uh, three times a day, get a hot meal uh, and to keep, keep them up. And, oh, yeah, and yeah, I saw you had a kitchen back there. You and have it brought in or they cook not, it right no, there? No, we have a caterer that comes in. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, uh, they need to eat like everybody else needs to eat. And uh, so we, we try to make sure that they have some comforts at home here. Uh, because it is very stressful. And, and just to kind of give you an example of, you know, you, how we have a little fun in here. One of the guys that came in for Intergy, mm-hmm. he was from Arkansas. And uh, so, you know, the first thing I asked him was, so are you a Razorback fan? And he's like, well, yeah, I am a Razorback fan. I hate to say and He said, I hate to say that in front of all these LSU fans. I said, well, do me a favor. Let me hear that Suey Pig call. So, man, he got up there and just <laughs> did that Arkansas Razorback Suey pig call. And, you know, it, it kind of livened up the whole yeah. place. And, you know, it just, it, it just makes, for, makes it a little easier for, and to relieve some of that stress that goes on in here for the people that work in here. Yeah, I would imagine, you know, and, and again, I mean, it's like somebody's permanently on the night shift or permanently on the day shift. I don't know. I mean, because the thing about the storm when it hits at night and you just don't see anything, you know, you're relying on phone calls of people calling in, but it's still hard to, to put an image in your head because it's, it's dark, you right. know, and you don't really, you're not really going to know what's going on until the sun comes up and you have a chance to go look at it. Right. What should people be doing now? We're still talking about prepping and actually evacuating. So you're, if you need to be evacuated, you're going to Monroe that you guys have set up. They have some, some big civic center up there. We, we have access to the civic center up there to provide uh, sheltering for our people. Uh, we've had that contract for about 12 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, we never had to use it except for Hurricane Ida. Uh, so that was the first year that we ever had to transport people up there. It's worked out well. We got a great relationship with the city of Monroe. Uh, with all their agencies up there. We have a great relationship with the uh, Washita Parish and their emergency management up there. So, uh, you know, doing it for the first time, there were some hiccups, uh, nothing major. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we sat here, did an after-action review, and we're going to try to fix those uh, as best we can to make it more comfortable for the people up there. Is there a plan in the future to build a building that would be a last resort? I mean, I know you'd have to tax yourselves again, and there's stuff you're still paying off, but is there a, I mean, suppose suppose a big tornado hits Monroe, and they need to ship their people out. Are you able to reciprocate like that? Well, I can. I mean, I, you know, I don't know how many people they're going to need, but, uh, and, and I tell people tornadoes are a little different because a tornado is a path. It's a swath. Mm-hmm. Everything on the outside of that swath is still viable and still operating. Yeah. So, you know, you still have housing on each side of that swath. And you still have Walmart open or grocery yeah. stores on each side of those swath. It's not like a hurricane when it comes here in terrible on parish and it wipes out the whole parish 
and, and yeah. not really wipes and, it out, but there's, there's no infrastructure operating for a few days. So, but we can reciprocate if they need it. So one of the issues they have to worry about up there is, is rising is floodwaters. Yeah. Uh, from, from the rivers up in that area. So, uh, but we can, you know, we've kind of like what, what you call a sister city. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they needed something, we would help them. And, but not like in France. Well, no, they got to send yeah. you some wine. That yeah. would help me cope. But, uh, you know, we all help each other. For, for, for Ida, St. Mary Parish opened up three of their facilities for us to bring our people back from Monroe, too, so they wouldn't be all the way up in Monroe. They'd be, They'd be able to come here. down here and deal with so, things, yeah. And, 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 you know, we have a, a, a lot of gratitude for St. Mary Parish government and for their EM, their emergency management uh, agency, uh, to help us to get those people back down. And that's an important so, thing, too. I mean, to get the people at least close enough to go have a look-see, maybe not necessarily stay there, but come in, have a look-see, and then come back out. And, yeah, putting them over there right there in Morgan City is yeah, a big Yeah, and, you know, if they had family, their family could drive over there and go see them. We'll take care of them and do whatever they need to do. So it, it's important to try to get them back as close as possible. If you had to... if you, I mean, when... Okay. A mandatory evacuation is just like you said, it is a request. You can't forcibly remove people from their homes. But what a lot of people fail to realize is that when you do make an emergency, when it's time for an evacuation, a mandatory, that means we ain't coming to get you. If something happens and you try calling, we're going to go, we can't come. We've, we've, it's like the linemen. Once the, land, the, the winds hit 35, they ain't going up on them poles no more. Well, you know, we say we're not going to get, come get you. That We leave those decisions up to the local fire department and to the sheriff and, mm -hmm. and to the Homeland Police Department to make a determination whether or not they feel it's safe or not to go get you if you've stayed and now you need to be rescued. Um, so they make their own decisions on whether they think they can get out there and go do the rescue. Um, so I personally... and leave that up to the law enforcement and fire departments to make their own determinations on that. But, uh, you know, we're asking you to leave uh, to try to get you out of harm's way. And when you don't leave and then you do require a rescue from one of our first responding agencies, uh, it puts them in, a, in, a, in, 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 a, in harm's way also. Yeah. So, you know, please leave when we ask you to leave through an evacuation. Well, I mean, especially if you don't live in a house that is, like, really fortified, you know. Yeah. And not everybody does. Well, you know, and even if your house is fortified, you know, if we ever on that northeast corner of that storm and then the tornadoes that pop in yeah. and out of these hurricanes, they'll destroy your house. And you didn't leave because... You know, you didn't, mm -hmm. you didn't, you, you thought it was just gonna be a little wind or a little water, uh, and then you get one of these tornadoes that pop down and, and destroy your home. Yeah, that's what a lot of so, people So, uh, you know, if you can leave, and, and I say if you can leave, we provide you transportation and even to, if they can't get to HL from to, their house, that's you can, correct. You can we'll, go get them and bring we'll, them to HL and put them on a bus to Monroe. That's correct. So, we provide you with a way to evacuate. And and uh, and to go to a self a safe shelter, and that's what we you know we ask that you please do that. You need to make those decisions now. You need to decide where you're going to go, how you're going to get there, uh, yeah. and, and and have that in line for now. Um, 
you need to start putting your supplies together what you need. If you need a, you know, pillows and blankets, make you a little list, like a checklist, so that when we call for the evacuation, you go through that checklist and say, okay, I got this, this, and this. Well, look, let me stop you here. We'll, we'll come back and, and pick up where, what preparations you need to do to leave, to stay, the whole shebang. Earl Hughes is, uh, is uh, talking about storm prep, and we'll be back with right after this. Spud here. Did you know ABC Title's been around 30 years? 30 years! And those 30 years went by scary fast. And now with seven locations, they're even scarier and faster. Everything from license plates to a notary public. Plus, as if they weren't scary fast enough, you can go online at abctitle.com, start the ball rolling before you even get there. Get road ready in record time with your scary fast DMV service company, ABC Title. Go to abctitle.com for online service and the location nearest you. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? The next time you have to travel, take along a couple of pounds of Parish coffee, and you won't be missing New Orleans for long. Brewed right here in the land of coffee lovers, Parish coffee has the taste you're looking for. From dark roast to coffee and chicory to flavored coffees like Bananas Foster or Bourbon Pecan, French Vanilla or King Cake or you name it, Parish coffee has a flavor just right for you. Look for the bright purple bag in the coffee aisle of your favorite market, or order it online, have it sent right to your door. What a perfect gift for any coffee aficionado. Sip the soul of New Orleans in every cup of Parish coffee. Spud here, the scary fast folks at ABC Title have returned to St. Charles Parish. They at 100 Melanie Street in Boutique, just down from the hardware store. Get all your car title business taken care of scary fast. Go to abctitle.com for directions and more. And we're back talking to Earl Hughes. Was that a family of Hughes? I've, I've, I've never heard that name before, uh, especially the way you spell it. Well, um, there's a long story to that. I'm originally from Morgan City. Um, we, we have gone back and looked at records. Uh, we think the name started out as H-U-E, as mm -hmm. Hugh, H-U-E. Uh, either, either my great-great-grandfather three times great-grandfather. Uh, he had a twin. They were both in the orphanage in New Orleans. We think, and back then they were writing everything. Mm -hmm. So if you look at some of that, I call it calligraphy. It looked, you know, yeah, somebody, so, they did have much better penmanship back yeah. then than we so, did. So we think what happened was, since they were twins and they were both called, you know, with the last name Hugh, they used to call them the Hughes boys. So that's how we think the S got added on. And we think that the H was changed to an E Due to the writing effect, yeah, and so it's just it's just penmanship. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's, that's like Boudreaux's and Gautreaux's with an X on the end of their name, yeah. you know, because some just put an X and that was their signature. You know, so so that's how that's how we think it happened. But I will tell everybody if your last name is E U E S, uh, we were probably related. To I would them. guess that. Well, so. my name's McConnell. There are some. I am related to, to Huey Long's wife, Rose, but you got to go like before the Civil War to yeah. find a, a matchup. But uh, anyway, let's get back to let's get back to getting out of Dodge here. Uh, I know there's you can go to like GoSap, and I know there's a lot of places where you can get a list. And it all says the same thing. It says get some batteries, get you know, get this, get some fresh water. If you got to go, bring this with you. People try to show up with like luggage. And all kinds of such, and I would, I would say that's not a smart move. Get get a bunch of plastic containers that you can put important stuff in, and seal it. And if water comes in your house, they'll float. You know. But the bottom line, you need to have a get out of dodge box. 
You need to have a box with all your insurance paperwork and marriage license and birth certificates and all that stuff that you can just grab and go. And that's what I used to call it to get out of Dodge box. So first things first, what should be in your get out of Dodge box? Well, first things first, uh, you need your important papers, uh, your insurance documents, your social security card, your Medicaid cards, any prescriptions that you have. Now when you go get a, uh, to the pharmacy and you pick up a prescription, there's a, there's a little piece of paper that's on there. It's got your name on it, what type of drug it is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and who your doctor yeah. was. And I, take that every time you get your prescription, put it in that Ziploc bag. And throw away stuff. So, <laughs> that's something else, too. You know, away, then you, you know, get out of the Dodge box yeah. and go weigh 50 pounds. Uh, you know, you should have copies of all your insurance documents, all of your life insurance documents, everything that's important papers. You should have copies of that, and, uh, and you should put a copy uh, in a Ziploc bag and bring that with you. Uh, I tell people if they do leave, you know, a box of material or whatever, uh, put it up high in your house somewhere. It's up in the closet as high as you can get it. So that in case if you do have flood waters, it may not get to that point. Hopefully we don't have flooding all the way to the ceiling, but at least it'll be up there and it'll be high. Uh, prescription glasses. Uh, if you, I tell people they go get a new prescription, save the old one, put it in that plastic bag, because in case something happens, mm-hmm. you have a spare set of glasses uh, while you're waiting for a prescription to be to be uh, uh, made for a new one. Um, How many pairs you got? Uh, these are readers, so <laughs> oh, okay. uh, I can get these anywhere. So, well, I got uh, prescription glasses, so, but uh, these are falling apart, so I better go get me two so more pairs. So when you pair. get you another pair, you yeah, put those I'm in put the back. Put these away. Um, it's important that people bring their prescriptions, you know, mm-hmm. and bring try to bring their bottles with them, and um, uh, because what usually happens is is when they get to the shelter, uh, I ran out of my medicine. Well, what is it? Well, it's this little white pill, and yeah. it's about this big. Okay, what's it for? Yeah, uh, I'm not really sure. I got five or six. Okay, yeah. so we ask people to please bring their prescriptions or the description of their prescriptions in their bags. Yeah. Um, we ask people not to bring everything they own because we don't have room for that in the no. shelter and you don't have room for that. Bring, you know, three pair of clothes uh, that you can change into. Uh, bring all the... Ne- is, is that like three days is the average amount of time that they spend in these things? Well, average. It, it, average it would. But I mean, like this past time, we spent 11 days in, yeah. in, uh, in, in, in Monroe. But, you know, there's clothes washing facilities there yeah. and, and washer and dryers. You can you know, take care of your clothes. Um, the, the other thing is, um, you know, make sure that you bring everything's necessary for your baby. You need to bring the baby formulas. You need to bring the baby diapers. Yes, you, do. you need to bring the baby food. Bring whatever you have. And especially nowadays with the issues that we're having with baby formula, you need to make sure you bring what you have because we may not have the availability yeah. of getting you that formula. And and the thing of it is with, with that kind of stuff is, uh, you know, they say you should have, what, three days worth of water and you should have batteries. If you can, if you can get your, I'm not saying hoard it, but if you can get your hands on what you need, then you should have, you know, I don't know, my kids are grown now. I don't remember how far. <laughs> but, I mean, you should probably have a couple of weeks worth. If you of, can get it. If you can okay. get it. I mean, a lot of times you can't. Uh, that's the same thing we talk about medicine. Uh, if you're not at a, at a national drugstore, and you use a mm-hmm. local pharmacy, 
try to make sure that you talk to the pharmacist and say, hey, look, if I evacuate and I need my medicine, who do I call and how do I get it? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something you should be doing right now. That You do this before the storm. Uh, I try to tell people to do 90-day supplies if they can afford it and if it's offered. And some, like my insurance company wants me to do 90 days. That's correct. So that way you have a supply. Uh, If you get a 90-day supply and you start that in June, then that gets you through half the hurricane season. Mm -hmm. And then when you renew, you get another 30-day supply. I mean, a 60-day supply, so that lasts you to the end of hurricane season. So it's things that are hard to obtain. You need to make sure you bring that yourself. Uh, but, you know, bring your bedding. If you have small children, please bring some toys for them or something yeah. that they can some. use. Not, 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 not a the whole, whole toy chest. Yeah. But just bring a couple of things that they can play with while they're up there. Uh, you know, if your children like to read books, bring some books. But bring stuff to keep them occupied. Uh, yeah. when, when they're evacuated. I'll tell you one thing that people should think about because we all rely on these on these cell phones so much is a, a battery charger. Like I have, my wife got those kinds that, that you can stick out in the sunshine, mm-hmm. but they got the kinds that you can crank and charge right. your phone with that. Uh, I have two that are like, they're just slim batteries that you charge up and I can recharge my phone twice on each battery. And I have, I have two cell phones. I got a personal and a business. So I have two of those in my bags fully charged all the time. Right. And, so. and you know, when you go to the shelter, uh, you know, we provide charging stations and places for people to charge their phones up. And, you know, we ask people to bring their cords to charge yeah. their phones uh, and, other, and their other devices because people bring their laptops and, and iPads and those types of things. But uh, – uh, it's important to be able to charge your phone because that's basically basically our well, main way of We ask people to go to websites and so, things like that, right. whereas they used to ask that during Katrina, and then these phones weren't as advanced back then. Right. And we were all telling people, oh, just go to this website and do that. So I can't get to a computer. Right. But now these phones are computers, but you got to make sure that they, they have. And you need to make sure your phone can operate off of data and not just off of Wi-Fi because you never know where you're going to be. So, you know, and and things to keep around the house, I I tell people to now's the time to go buy a tarp or two or three tarps. Yes. uh, Store them in your your house in the case that you get some damage, you'll have them. Uh, If you have a friend or relative that lives out of town, buy three more and store them over there. In case your house gets destroyed and you lose the tarps, at least you can go to your friend or neighbor's house where they were and go get them and put them on your house immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ask people to, to you know, stock up on water, uh, uh, fill your bathtubs. Yes. If you have a bathtub, fill that up That'll, with water. That's how you're going to be the flushing storm. the toilet. You, yeah. you may need that to flush the toilet. Um, so, you know, there are some things that people can do uh, before the storm and, and to have these supplies yeah. available for but, when but, you do come back. But don't wait till the storm is in the Gulf. Do that right now. Right. Right. Because also, I mean, you don't know if you're going to be able to get three or four extra tarps. Right. You know, so and, that. And, and right now, people need to, they need to reassess their situation well, with the cost of fuel right now. Do you have enough money to bring your car to Monroe? Yeah. Okay. Are you going to have that money to do that? Or if you don't, you're going to need to make sure you get on our transportation system to get you to Monroe to evacuate. Or talk to your neighbor and say, hey, look, um, gas is so expensive. Maybe you and I can pool together. When we evacuate, we can ride in the same car and and, and split the gas cost. 
Uh, I used to tell people to save a dollar a year uh, for evacuation. Uh, that's $365. If me and you save $365, that gives us over $800. Yeah. Uh, well, 700, 700 something. Close to it. Yeah, close to $800. You and I could go get a hotel room for our families. And you know, I tell everybody, uh, if you got a family of eight, four gets beds and the other four sleeps on the floor. Yeah. Uh, get a nice chest, put some sandwich meat in there. It's just, you know, everybody gets to watch TV. Everybody has can go to the lobby at the hotel or go swimming or whatever activities, that's a lot more comfortable than being at a general population shelter. Yeah. But it does cost money to do that. But I talk to you though. I ask you to save a dollar a year. That's all I'm dollar asking. Every day, just put it in a yeah. put it in a a jar. In, in a big peanut butter jar right. or something. And like. after hurricane season you got two choices. You're gonna leave it in there and keep putting money in it for next year. Just hold your money that you have. Or go buy you a gift and then start resaving. Yeah, and you know what? Chances you're going to have a dollar at least worth in change in your pocket. Just bring, you know? Right. Gas station don't care what kind of money you got, <laughs> as long as you got the money. But but you have to have a, a little emergency supply of money. And, and also, what you may want to do before the storm is, uh, I always say this after the storm, cash is king. Yeah. Okay. Go to the ATM before the storm hits while we have electricity. Go in there and get you some cash if, if you can and, and you know hold that so that after the storm you have a way of paying for things that you may need. Because nowadays most cash registers work off the internet or, yeah. or definitely need electricity. But if you have cash, you can just, they'll take your cash. Everybody takes cash, although, well, actually, I, I think... Uh, <laughs> I think the Dutch are now going to a cashless system, but uh, I'm a half pass on that one, you know. All right, so the, here is the end of our, our second um, uh, podcast. Uh, when we come back with the third one, we'll talk with Earl Hughes about uh, coming back after the storm and what you may expect and what you should be prepared to deal with. Anyway, thanks for joining us here. We'll catch you on the next time. here have you ever lost your wallet ever lost your license you ever lost your vehicle registration well you're not lost at abc title they can print up your replacement license and registration in less than 30 minutes that's scary fast just bring proof of insurance and a picture id yep pizza delivery got nothing on these guys go to abctitle.com to find a scary fast office near you oh and while you're getting a new license maybe you should get a state id too